entertained? Are you not entertained? Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our life. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 333. And it's Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. Ooh, that does not sound like Leighton, but I'm getting a call from Leighton right now. Oh. So let's bring Leighton in on this conversation. Leighton, welcome to the French Press Podcast. Oh, goody. Uh, I'm running late. Okay. Uh, I'm on my. I'm leaving work now. Uh, I, I I was talking uh, with someone about uh, church uh, church um, problems. Well, just things, just <clears throat> church life and the complexities and the uh, the social constructs. The difficulties, but also. You know, Positive. Mhm. Well, I'll tell you what, you when you come to the when you come to the studio, you can tell us all about it. Oh, could I? <laughs> wait, wait, is Jeff there? Oh yeah, Jeff's here. We we actually just started recording. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, what's on the docket? Uh, it's it's very timely that you ask. Today we're gonna talk about. Well, Jeff, did you even see what episode or uh the the date and date and time? I did. Okay, all right. But Layton, you can go ahead and say it. Cause, uh, uh, it's hold on, I have to get my phone out. <laughs> uh, it's fine. We J- we Jeff, got Tuesday, it. July twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Yep. Um, today we're gonna. I've got a tech tip for you relating to Google Calendar, and it's a simple tech tip, but I fixed an annoyance that I always had because I have I use my calendar a lot, and multiple times a day, whenever I have a calendar event. The notification would go off, and it would annoy me, and I figured out a way to change a setting where I still get notified, but I don't get annoyed, and I'll share that with you Uh. later. Jeff, he's going to share a scary plasma-donating story. Uh, Scary? Yeah, it's kind of scary. And Leighton, I'm not sure what you're sharing today. Oh, you're you're talking about the, the the life of church. Well, okay, yeah, sure. Yep. Um, all yeah, right. we, we have an edible too, so so hurry on over, Layton. Yes, we got coffee right, and an edible. I'm leaving, I'm leaving PWI. Uh, hopefully, I didn't. I don't get stuck by a train. Not by a train. Uh, yeah, I'll get there as soon as I can. All right. Well, already. All right. Yes, we got coffee as well, mm-hmm. and um, I guess should I go ahead and get started with my tech tips? Since yeah, that's probably well. something that. Layton would definitely benefit from it. I mean, everyone would, but he I can tell him later. But it would annoy me, Jeff, how every morning uh, at 6.30, I have a, a scheduled thing where it says schedule daily um, tasks. And So it's like a, like a reminder or like a, an appointment in your calendar, actually? It's, it's an appointment in my calendar, but I use it as a reminder and a set amount of time to kind of do that. And... It would always be ab- obnoxiously loud to the point where it felt like my speakers were actually being ruined. Like it was hurting my, my computer speakers because it was I so see. loud. Even if I'd have... Oh, it was on your computer that it was notifying you. Yeah, well, it was both. It was my phone and my computer, but the computer is particularly what I'm talking about. Um, and the only way to avoid it is if I would have the volume very low. But if I'd have the volume even at like mid-level, the, that notification through Chrome for yeah. Google Calendar was just obnoxiously loud. Yeah. And so often when I get to work, I would have maybe been playing something the day before on my computer. Um, I use my laptop at mm-hmm. work and I might have been playing, I might have been actually, it might have been a Tuesday night mm-hmm. the night before and I might have been listening to the podcast, making sure the audio sounded good, had the volume set mid to high so that I could easily hear it, go to work the next morning and this loud uh, dong just shakes my eardrums and mm. computer speakers. Yeah. Well, I like being notified for my calendar events, mm-hmm. but I don't want to miss them. It is handy. Yeah. And so if you go, uh, I decided I didn't need a audible chirp for Google Calendar. So you just wanted a little pop-up. I just wanted a little, yeah, exactly, just a little pop-up. And even my phone, it also vibrates when there's notifications. So I'll see it within a few minutes 
um, mm-hmm. if I don't see the buzz, and then I'll, I'll see it something. And also in Google Chrome, they have a little icon that appears above the Google Calendar tab. Right. So you can visually see it as well that, hey, there's something mm-hmm. on that tab. So if you go into your Google Calendar on your web browser, you can go to Settings in Google Calendar mm-hmm. and then scroll down. Um, where's it at? Until you get to... Um, Notifications, and I can't even. Oh, there it is. Notifications, and then you can just change it, the notification type um, to alerts instead of desktop notifications. If it's desktop huh. notifications, it'll make the, the sound. The dong. But if you just change it to an alert, that's uh, cool. It'll just be a, a visual. And you can actually turn it off altogether if you want yeah. to. That's really cool. So don't be annoyed by Google Calendar notifying you to um, get the important things done. Yeah. Yep. Ruben, do you use um, multiple personal calendars? Yes. To separate your uh, what 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 do you where's the dividing line for you? Well, I have one that is specifically for work, mm-hmm. all, all all kinds of work, whether it is um, PWI work or work um, outside of that. If it's relating to okay. like vocational stuff, I have a calendar for for that. So you so you go by just work and lump it all together. Yeah, all, mm-hmm. all my work stuff is together, and then I have one for personal, which is shared with my wife, mm-hmm. and that is for things, everything besides work. So this podcast is in there. Um, if there's a vacation coming up or someone's birthday, it goes in there, and then we both see it. And then there are, there's one other calendar. I don't I don't have it turned on or visible usually, mm-hmm. but it's a church calendar with church yeah. events. Yeah. Sure. So those are the the two and two primarily primary ones mm-hmm. that I use. What about you? Well, I I, I like to see. Um, I, I really like to use the color coding option for different calendars. So I actually have different calendars specifically created so that it's a different color. So I have a calendar for. Um, I'm just seeing. I don't have a calendar on here that I want to have. Anyways, we'll deal with that later. Um, so I have a calendar for for I have my work calendar that I actually don't look at on my phone. So that's my PWI calendar. That's totally separate from everything else. Uh, then I have my photography calendar, my photography business calendar. Um, then and that's and that's uh, like a dark pink. Okay. Um, and then I have a shared calendar with Louisa. So we both have a calendar of events that we go to together. That's uh, a light pink. I want to talk a little bit about shared calendars then mm-hmm. when you're when you're done. Sure. Uh, and then I have um, I have my church calendar, and I actually have two because I'm subscribed to uh, the Cornerstone Church calendar. But then I also have churchy events that I want to put in besides that, like small groups and stuff. So I actually have two, but they're both yellow. Um, and then I am subscribed to, or I yeah, I have two calendars, separate calendars, one for um, I'm on the Cornerstone Administration or sorry, Cornerstone Curriculum Committee, so that has its own calendar um, that's shared with other people. And then I also uh, can am subscribed to the the Cornerstone calendar in general. So so those are both orange because they're Cornerstone related. And then I have my Jeff. personal appointments calendar. Personal appointments. Like so, this is like um, outside of home events, things I have to go to. Like the podcast. Okay. Those are the standard blue. That's my standard calendar. That's my basic my basic calendar. And then I have personal tasks calendar. Wow. So like if I need to mow the yard or something like that, then I say, okay, Saturday I'm mowing the yard, and that's green. And I don't know. It's just it helps me. I love the color coding because I can see yellow is church, orange is club. Yeah. Uh Pink and blue, light pink and blue are um, <coughs> things that I need to go to. Green is things I need to do, and then okay, that and is then, nice. And then red is things that, um, like like that's my personal side business okay. stuff. I agree with you. I love the color coding, and even though I I actually set up my calendar on my phone, which I use the default calendar app, the mm-hmm. Apple app, um, but it's actually. Google Calendar is actually what's handling all that stuff. I actually, I, I definitely match those colors so that they line up with each other. 
Um, because yeah, the color coding it, it's it's great. Yeah. Now I do have one problem. Mm-hmm. Talking about calendars. And by the way, I'd love to hear if someone has more calendars than Jeff because uh, that that's outrageous. Uh, Google also integrates. I should mention that Google also integrates reminders into your calendar. You can see them or not see them, um, and those are brown. So, okay. uh, and, are and there the any reason, colors left over? The reason I chose green as my personal tasks is because actually Google has a Google Tasks calendar um, that I don't use at all. Um, but it you can, um, yeah. So. So here's here's the question I have with shared calendars. How does notifications work for that? And here's the problem we've been running into with me and Carmen. Uh, I have I, I shared that calendar. It's called personal, and the default notification is to set at the time of event. One notification. Yeah. I shared it with her, and her default is to have no notifications. Gotcha. And I've I've I haven't spent enough so, time, but but I, I it's like it's and definitely if I set a notification for for me for that shared calendar, it doesn't affect hers. I I believe is that is that the way you understand it? Yeah, it's it's kind of a per notifications device, are per per device maybe or per per person per like, user. Yeah, per user. I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe it would de- default to that. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. It's been a little frustrating because because she's missed some appointments because she didn't get notified. So even even though uh, I guess we don't use notifications very heavily, we just like look at our calendar and see. So for our shared calendar, it's important, like, yeah, just to see events that are coming up. The the so like. The podcast, Louisa doesn't want to see that on her calendar. Mm-hmm. So obviously that that's part of my personal calendar that doesn't get shared with her. However, um, the fact that I am, um, you know, that I'm planning to to go to Chicago to drop my cousin off, that's something that she wants to see because she knows I won't be home mm-hmm. uh, at that time, and so that'll put on my shared calendar. We use it more for stuff like that and not not appointments and stuff. And we would we would tend to use our personal calendars for our appointments. I'm yes. here, hey, Layton. And so, I've never really ran into the issue that you have, per se. Mm-hmm. I guess we're talking about notifications. <laughs> it's been it's a riveting, it's a real dilemma, and I haven't quite solved it yet. But I'll, I'll look into it maybe this weekend, and I'll, hopefully I'll have an answer for you uh, next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so far, I gave a tech tip about Google Calendar, how to not be annoyed at the loud notifi- notifications that your computer might make. Mm-hmm. And we have been sipping coffee and just chatting about um, our lives. You've just been sitting here shooting the breeze. Yeah. Well, I'm here to talk about church life. All right. That whole that conversation was recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you knew that, though, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. So are, you ready, are you ready to dive into that? Yeah. Well, Jeff has a story about his uh, about donating plasma. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, apparently, right now there's like a a big. Well, obviously, right now there's a big um, need for what they call convalescent plasma, which is uh, plasma that has antibodies in it uh, from when you have a certain disease, and we all know that. I had COVID nineteen. So you have the precious. Did we ever break the news on the podcast that you had COVID? I don't know. It kind of happened while we were in Florida. We talked about it, but did we? I'm not sure if we did, Jeff. This might be breaking news. Breaking news. Well, it was like Jeff Jeff survived. Has convoluted blood. It was like a month ago. (laughs) Oh, what's it called? Con covalescent. Covalescent blood. Covalescent. No, it's covalescent. I'm pretty sure that's that's right. That sounds right. Anyways, so I read. Uh, speaking of not having how to pronounce a word, uh, I have this little book. It's called. Here, I've actually, <clears throat> I've got it right here. It's a great, great book. If you enjoy writing or communicating with people clearly, it is. Uh, it used to be required reading for English or communication classes pretty widely. Mm-hmm. Um, William Strunk Jr. and E. B. White's "The Elements of Style." And he suggested when you don't know the pronunciation of a word, you should say it with more vigor 
than if than than the words that you do know, just so that it makes you sound uh, like that's actually how you say that's it. That's actually how you say it, and it, you don't sound unsure, and you end up looking less stupid because you're so full of confidence. I don't know. I wanted I wanted to try it on Sunday with the word. Um, Mm, there was a word on Sunday that I had problems pronouncing. I, I think we should, uh, Leighton. What? I want to hear, I particularly have interest in hearing you do that with uh, odd Bible names. Odd Bible names, like Habakkuk? Like, like and Rastus? Habakkuk <laughs> went to the... No, well, well, but I have to, that's how you actually say it, right? I, I need to be more emphatic about the way you don't say it. I think it's Habakkuk. Oh, really? Habakkuk. Yeah. Whether well, we've been saying it. Habakkuk. <laughs> it almost whatever. sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> anyway, the word King that. David. <laughs> David. <laughs> and uh, Sa- Salomon. <laughs> the word that I was having problems pronouncing beforehand <laughs> was ineradicable. And I'm still not sure if I said it right there. It, it, I know. It's I don't a, even know what that word means. Oh, it means that it is a, a required or like it, it is part of the thing. Like he can't take it away. It's integral. In- teg- <laughs> it, ineradicable. It's in. The, I'll read the quote. Oh yeah, it was a quote from Viktor Frankl. Exactly. Here's the quote: If there is a meaning in life at all, then there must be meaning in suffering. Suffering is an ineradicable part of life. Even as fate and death. Without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. Oh, and so you, if you would say, like, nobody really knows it anyways. And I thought so the word. Just like, and then you would just be putting in, emphasis on that word that nobody really knows what it means. Convince the masses that how to incorrectly pronounce the word. I actually thought it was pronounced eradicable. That's how I, I knew of the word, but it was spelled differently than what I was expecting. Oh, it surprised you. It did. It took me it off guard. It snuck up on you. Yeah. I hate words that sneak up <clears throat> anyway, on you. Anyway, Jeff, I kind of interrupted you. You were talking about well, your convoluted blood. Habakkuk. That's the one pronunciation. Habakkuk. That's the other pronunciation. Oh, oh so, so, both, so both they're both right. right. Anyway. So don't, <clears throat> don't emphasize like either of those pronunciations. Words with two pronunciations are, are just... Is, you feel like it's a cop-out? Yes. Like it's... Yeah. Total... Did you know that... A correct, a correct pronunciation of herb is herb with a see, audible H. I think that that's like British or something. It's like there are two spellings for gray. I actually was thinking about that word, but... Shh, hey. Quiet phone. Anyways, so back to my story. Yeah, back so, to your blood. I had COVID. I am going to go donate COVID plasma because they need it. And they actually offer a pretty handsome reward for it. Mm, how uh, much? By all accounts, uh, the the word on the street is. You got some good blood I dealers. Seen it, I haven't seen it myself, so. Uh, <clears throat> Legend has it. Two hundred dollars per donation, up wow. to two donations. So it's like you can't, you can't just rake in the money on it, but you can donate twice. You at can't drain yourself each. dry. But yeah. So wow, that is. A handsome reward. That's, that's really, yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, why, why do we have to call it a handsome reward? Like, it's like, uh, it's a, a pleasant-looking re- reward. Or what? what is it when it's, like, not a good reward? Like, it's uh, an ugly, ugly reward. reward. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's a heinous. Well, a reward in and of itself, oh, isn't. that's a positive. So really even saying, like, a great reward isn't really even necessary. It's an underwhelming yeah. reward. Well, no, that doesn't. That, I don't think that works. Well, see, oh. okay, so <laughs> for my per, for me personally, um, my schedule's pretty full, and I just have never been interested in donating plasma for a number of reasons. But w- the main one was just here, re- like like you can you can donate plasma at the typical rate, which is I think maybe fifty dollars a donation. Uh, I don't think so. It's less than that. Is it less than that? Yeah. Whatever it is, it, it's like you are compensated for your time there. But for me, it wasn't enough compensation to make it worth quitting my other activities for two hours while I donate plasma. That's all. And so, like, yeah, more power to you if you do it. I just, that's why I chose not to go. But now here we go. And they're like, they, they need this plasma. And they offer $200 for it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. At donate. that point, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, maybe at your salary. 
So, <laughs> so I um, went to, so I went and so you, you obviously have to bring in proof that you had COVID, right? Oh, yeah. And so the, so I, oh, yeah. the place where I got tested gave us this paper and they gave uh, Louisa a paper. Um, they, they gave us both the same paper and basically it said, I hereby certify that so-and-so tested positive for COVID-19 on this date and the signature of the person uh, that, you know, of the tech or whatever. Um, And then we also had both received a letter from the state saying, hey, I hear you've got COVID. This is what you need to do now. I hear you. Yeah. So uh, Louisa brought the letter from the state in and this paper, and they looked at it, and they're like, yep, that's valid. Um and then she donated her plasma. Here's your handsome reward. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I can do this too. So, but, but, uh, amidst all the massive papers at our house, I don't have my letter from the state anymore. But I have my paper from Maple City Health saying, hey, here's the, you know, so whatever. So I go in there, um, and I uh, go to sign up. I have to wait a little bit, but it wasn't a bad wait. And then they go and start registering me. Start signing me in. Um, they, I, I'm, I'm standing there, um, giving them my, my information, um, reading the pledge. You have to read out loud the pledge that says, um, "I'm willing to let my blood get tested for whatever, uh, for AIDS or whatever." Um, and as long as I'm a, a donor here, I can my blood can be tested. So was this your first time donating? This is my first time dan- oh, donating. Yeah. So it takes it's longer. It's a big, big rigmarole. Yeah, it's a, it's a rigmarole, okay? Actually, wait, wait, wait. I just looked up, I, well, me and Kyle uh, from Peter, PWI Kyle. Who? Dirty Kyle. Uh, Kyle that is not Jeff's brother, Kyle. Uh, I don't know if there's any other. Yeah. Uh, crying, crying Baby Kyle. Crying Baby Kyle. Yeah, uh, me and Crying Baby Kyle, uh, we looked up the word rigmarole uh-huh in on uh on so dictionary.com we, can we just play uh, the, the little game we used to play where did it come from where does it, what does it mean it means that it's like it's an ordeal and it's it's annoying You're it's supposed a, to let us cast uh-huh. oh Layton. sorry it's like a uh well that's basically what i was going to say just like it is but everyone knows that that's what it means. Oh, well, okay then. Well, why'd you bring it up then? Uh, I just found out, though, in the process of looking it up, it's actually, there is no rigmarole. It's not pronounced that way. There is no A. It's rigmarole. Rigmarole with an L at the not end? Not roll. Sorry. Rigmarole. Rigmarole. Hmm. It's a rigmarole. Hmm. Not a rigmarole. Hmm. Uh, rigmarole sounds more con- confusing. <clears throat> confusing. Sure. Sounds more confusing. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well done, Jeff. Anyways, so I here I am registering, and then I'm like, like uh, maybe, I mean, I'm reaching the end of all the questions that she's asking me to get me signed in or whatever, and then I said, hey, um, and and she's been like the whole time just like, hey, do this, do this, do this, like, and so I haven't really had a, much of a chance to talk, and I said, hey, uh, I'm here to donate uh, COVID plasma, and here's my paper proving, and she's like, oh. Well, we should have done that first. And then I was just kind of like, oh, sorry, I, I didn't know. And anyway, she's like, okay, well, whatever. Um, and then she finishes that part of the registration, and then I go with uh, one of the techs back to the, um, the, the back lo- room. The, the room with all the uh, opium Needles. chairs. No. The, all the what chairs? <laughs> opium chairs. No, whatever they are. They're little beds that you can sit on, oh. sit slash lay on. Um. Imagine a, a an, an inverted saddle, an inverted horse saddle, hmm. and you um, instead oh, of it. sitting in it lengthwise, you sit in it like perpendicular to the hump, so that your butt is down in the hump, and then your your head and legs are up, but your butt is down in the hump. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. That was the most con. That was the most convoluted way. Con- <laughs> convoluted way. It's a. <laughs> it's a. To a, describe kind of a, a doctor's chair. chair. Well, no, it, it was like a. It's it's a. They're weird. They're it's like different than that. They're really odd looking, but they're actually really comfy to sit in. Yeah, um, I mean, you could. I could fall asleep in them. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I I bet you almost have. I almost did. So, anyways, so she uh, she takes me back there, shows me the equipment. It's like, hey, I need to check your veins to see if you have veins that we can use even. And she's like, yep, I found I found some veins that she. Anyways, and then she takes me over to the 
to um, finish my registration. And at this point, a normal donor would be um, asked to... I forget. I don't know if they do a, like a physical fitness check first, and then you answer a bunch of questions. It takes about half an hour to answer the questions, or if they do it the other way around. Um, so somewhere, somewhere <coughs> after this point, I am supposed to get a physical, a doctor's physical there, and they do kind of like a, a little. Well, they do a fitness check every time, but that's probably limited with the physical, and then answer about a thirty-minute questionnaire. Um, and Ruben, you would know. Um, anyways. So she's like, okay, stand in front of this person, uh, and, and then, hey, and then she, like, waves over to this person, hey, get this person next here. Um, and so I'm like, oh, cool, I'm getting kind of rushed through, whatever. And then the person who signed me in, like, starts looking at my papers, and she's kind of like, uh, um, um, okay, uh, go sit down there, and, and I'll have this next person come through ahead of you, and there's something... She didn't really explain what was going on, but I knew there's something like not there or weird or something. And I was like, okay, this seems a little out of the ordinary, but they haven't been getting many COVID-19 plasma donors. And so anyways, and so I'm sitting there and I sit there and I sit there and I sit there. Wait, wait, wait. Were you sitting there? Yeah. Oh. I sat there for about 45 minutes. Oh, my word. Jeff, and, how did, what kept you from just walking out? Well, I, I, I no, I was you like, wanted your I, was fully I was fully expecting them to come back to me at any point in time and say, okay, we're good or whatever. I thought maybe they were verifying my, my papers or something like that. And it took a while to, for them to get a hold of anyways, <laughs> get a hold of the embassy. <laughs> so, so the, uh, the person that was checking me in goes on lunch, which was part of the problem. Oh, too. she had a she had a wolf down her chicken salad. Yep, and then and then this Not nurse comes enough. out. This nurse comes out, and she's like, maybe it was a doctor. I don't know, a doctor or a nurse, whoever does the physical. And she comes out, and she's like, "You the guy with COVID?" Uh, anyways, I can't even replicate her accent. She's she's like heavy Jamaican accent, so I can barely understand her. And she's like, "What what's going on here?" And and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, and she's asking around, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then he's she convoluted. Finally, she finally grabs my papers, my, my, my binder with the, my papers in it. And she's like, and she like walks across the room and she's like, follow me. And then I was like, did she say that to me or to somebody else? And I asked the person standing there. I was like, did she, was she talking to me or was she talking to somebody else? And she, and the person's like, I don't know. And, and so, so you got up and followed her. No, I didn't. I was like, oh. she, she was all the way across the room when she said it. So I was like, oh, it must have been someone else. And then she comes out a little while later and like comes and gets me. And <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so I was supposed to go with you. Anyways, <laughs> she goes, we go into the uh, examination room and, and. Is this your second time in the examination room? No, no. Okay. The, the, the first time was just in the um, in the lot, like where they donate the plasma, okay. actually. But this was in the, the physical room, okay? And I was like, okay, I'm getting my physical now. And she, like, goes through this questionnaire about COVID, and she keeps commenting about, well, people usually call first. People usually call first uh, about donating COVID plasma because this form would already be filled out. And she was kind of frustrated that she had to fill it out, and she didn't know what she was doing with it because it's a new thing. And anyways, and then and then she wrote my name wrong because she looked on one of the papers that I had and it said Jeff Miller, but my name is Jeffrey Miller. And so she Legally. like she like went and got a new paper because she didn't want to like scribble it out or whatever, which I get that. And then uh, in the process, I tell her my birth date and she well, writes well, it hold down. On. She wrote Jeff isn't there enough room? Just squeeze in the R. There wasn't. She tried. She tried, and she was like, ah, and then went and got a new paper. <sighs> Anyways, and then she wrote my birthday down wrong, from what I told her, and then she was frustrated at that. But then she just scribbled that one out and wrote it. Wrote it beside. Um, asked me a whole bunch of questions about you know, have you been to the hospital, all that kind of stuff. Do you have and a fever. She was kind of difficult to understand, to say the least. Um, anyways, were you, were you difficult to understand, Jeff? Apparently, but she was, she was pretty agreeable. Um, and she was easy to work with and she's like, okay, uh, thanks for answering all these questions. Go sit out here and I'll come and get you. Uh, and then I sat out there for about five minutes or so. Um, 
And then she comes out again. She's like, okay, um, so-and-so is calling about your papers um, to make sure that they're okay. So I was like, okay, yeah, good. They're, they're verifying my papers. Well, and then uh, the other nurse, doctor, whatever it is, calls me into her office. And she's like, hey, come here. Uh, let, let's go over this. And she's like, I can't take this paper. It's not good enough for what we need to prove that you actually had COVID. We need to see uh, an official positive test result paper but won't they also test the blood after you donate apparently they don't yeah i don't know apparently they don't you think that they would but maybe it's expensive or something to do because because uh an antibody test is pretty expensive it's like 90 bucks to get an antibody test and so anyways and and she's like i need you to if you if you want to donate plasma we want you to donate plasma I need you to go to the place you got this paper and ask them for the actual test results. And and she's like, come back when you have that and, and just let us know. We're open tomorrow. We're And, and this was on Saturday, so she's saying, we're open tomorrow on Sunday. Um, we want you to come in. And they've, they've – anyways, and she sent me away. And I've, my total time spent there was right around hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even completed my physical – or answered the 30-minute questionnaire. So I was like, okay, um, I might try again. And then they actually have called me twice since then asking for me to bring the papers in and, and come donate plasma. Your convoluted like, blood. They, they really want this. And then, They want what you've got, Jeff. They do. And then uh, I called the, the clinic where I got the paper from, and I'm like, yeah, I need I need uh, an actual test result. And she's like, oh, we'll go to the trailer and they'll give you your results. So I said, well, that's actually what we did. We need something better than that. And she's like, oh, well, I don't know if you can get that or not. Um, so you have to call them and make sh- and see if they can. So <clears throat> at this point, I'm like, oh, okay. The, the 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 chances are very high that I can't get what I need. Can't go donate anyways. And so um, I, I th- I'm going to try calling the place where I got my test taken, but they'll probably say, no, we can't do that. And I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to drop it. I tried. It was, I'm surprised. You were so close to a handsome reward. I'm surprised they didn't encourage you just to donate blood. Just like without the extra, uh, reward, just like donate today while you're here. Let's get you through it. Yeah. Donate and then come back, you know, in three days to collect your bounty after you get your test, your blood bounty. That's what Louisa said too. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they want to not take plasma, and that so that I have more antibodies when they actually do take it or something. Or maybe they maybe she was just like, you know what? You've been here a while. You probably don't want to stay and donate. No, I don't think they think about it that way, Jeff. I don't know. Anyways, whatever the reason was, she did not she did not really imply that I should donate. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. All right. And so. I'm sorry. kind of decided that it's, it's. So you didn't even get uh, a reward at all, handsome or not. It was, yeah. it was, a and, nothing. And at this burden. point, I'm just like, well, I probably won't get what I need anyways from the from the trailer or from the um, clinic, and so, yeah, I'm I'm okay with not getting the money. All right. I'm glad that you can be content with the with the rewards that you do have. Yeah. And you don't have to – you're not just unsatisfied without – you're not unsatisfied with being without a handsome reward. Mm. Well done. What a trooper. All right. Why don't we do this <sighs> – we review this coffee and then – Layton, did you want to touch on church life? Sh- sure. We have some uh, edibles to eat too. Oh, yeah. I actually almost drank all my coffee. I think it's really good. Uh, it's it it is really good. It is. It's a solid cup of coffee. Mm. 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 I, I dribbled Jeez. it in my beard. Cool. Do you have it on the air table, Jeff? Uh, I'm I'm uh, getting that on the air table. As this this coffee is so good that my beard wanted to to, to taste it, yeah. and so I dribbled some into my beard. It definitely tastes uh, like pure enough. I'm pretty sure it's a single origin. It, it's not. It's not a blend, I don't think. Um, I I can't verify either way. Oh wow! Um, 
Whoops. I guess we'll just oh, have yeah. to trust Ruben's taste buds on this one. Yeah. I'm Ooh. opening up the air table. It's in here. It's almost. It's almost there. I have to put the date in, and it'll show up on top. All right. All right. There we go. So I don't know much about this coffee except uh, it's. <coughs> place of purchase okay well i give it a four stars it's it's full of flavor good coffee flavor um but maybe not quite to the level of a five so i give it a four it to me it's terrific coffee ruben could you i'm I'm signed into another air table count what flavor do you want to give it i want to give it a flavor of four okay I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Um, there's just a, a little bit of um, the aftertaste that just I don't like. I there I feel like it's a there are bit convoluted. enough other coffees that I've had that are better. Uh, this is definitely an average coffee. It's good coffee. I just wouldn't say I would buy this for myself. Coffee. Hmm. Well, a four I would... and a five I will buy for myself. Yeah. But a three. It's kind of the line. Well, I'm, I'm if, definitely. If I would give it a. Anything, I agree with your rating. I just disagree with you on this coffee. Oh, I agree with your rating. Like thinking, like that a three is not worth buying, but a four and a five is worth buying. Yeah. A four is something you'd recommend to your friends. A five is something you'd buy for your home. You'd, you'd keep it for yourself. Ah. And a one is something you'd uh, recommend for your enemies. Actually, no, because they would retaliate. Yeah. You know. recommended bad coffee to me. I retaliate. Endure right. the Ooh. wrath of my retaliation. Where's this you coffee from? Jeff. from Jeff. This coffee is Cadillac Coffee from ENS Sales in Shipshawana. Wow. Oh, so Shipshay. Who donated this you can, coffee? You can go driva and, and get some of that coffee there. Uh, my grandma, Barb okay. Miller. Barbara Miller All right. well, donated this coffee. Grandma, so, Barb. Thanks, Grandma. Um, yeah. All right, so, so we have an edible as well. We do. And Layton, did you want to talk about? I, we kind of just threw that in. No, un, I know, un, unplanned and uh, un, no, no, I just... know. Uh, but I, I do have an. In- I can't talk about everything that I was discussing about church life, mm-hmm. but uh, I will say this: me and uh, Crybaby Kyle were talking about it, and and just one of the things that we discussed in relation to church is what is a pastors which is the the more important calling family or church okay Mm. i have i've thought about this and i have like a clear opinion in me all right i I know what i think about it so i'll I'll let you guys discuss and and think out loud if you need to um in what context to whom are you speaking I guess I don't understand the question, Jeff. You're convoluting me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I I haven't like fully thought out my opinions on this, but then you don't have to express them if you don't. My initial, my my, the opinions that I have are this, and they they are possibly flawed. But the opinions that I have are this: Uh, if you are a pastor, um, your primary responsibility is to the church. Is to raise your family oh. well oh, okay. and be a good example to the church. And I, I feel like like you will naturally take over the church responsibilities because of the calling of being a pastor. And so the reason I say that your primary, um, your primary calling should be your home is because, number one, I, I think one of the requirements of being a pastor is having children that are mm-hmm. following, following God. So... And well, I, but what if they don't have any children? Well, then, then your wife or whatever. Okay. Um. So and 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 so because you have to that and also you have to work harder at it because because pastoral responsibilities just come on you and you feel like you have to accomplish them. This is how I perceive it. Yes. You feel like you have to accomplish them, so you don't have problems accomplishing those responsibilities um, because they're kind of dutiful. Whereas responsibilities at home can easily get overlooked when your when your focus is on the church. However, uh, for 
personal people. I think it is for a personal no, what you, people. What, for, who, for lay who are people. They? For lay people. Oh, non pastors. And this is where I'm not quite so sure on because I I agree family is like very important and family needs to be um, taken care of, especially raising your children. Um, but when it comes to extended family, yes, it is important to maintain your relationships with them as family, but also you need to make sure that that's not um, overshadowing your responsibilities at church and and. Um, making you unable to perform duties at church or whatever, mm-hmm. so Your it kind of so family. it kind of flips, and and church becomes really important or or something that should be elevated as higher importance. Um, for instance, if it's extended family, if it's ex- espe- yeah, if it's extended family. Now, what what at home family? What extended family are you thinking of? Like, like wait, so I'm saying cousins, like grandparents. If you have to beyond, take, well, you're if you're family. trying to take care of your grandparents. And there's no one else that can take care of them. And technically, it's extended. Yeah. And technically, if um, they're living with dependence. you. Dependents. Oh, okay. People that live with you and are dependent upon you. Okay. And or are dependent upon you. Yes. Need to be your, your primary responsibility. But people that don't live with you or are not depending on you, that's a good clarifier, um, come secondarily to church because church, your church needs you, uh, especially if you go to a small church. So it's it's important that I mean I'm not saying that you have to be at every single church event, but it's important that you are able to regularly uh, perform the duties of maybe being a Sunday school teacher or uh, a song leader or whatever. And and if your family, um, especially if you have family that lives far away, is is uh, making so that you can't perform those duties, then then you're putting your family above church, which I think. You don't have your priorities quite right. You don't have your priorities quite right yeah. because also because your family isn't guaranteedly um, your your church family. Like like they're not necessarily. Most yeah. of us, all of us, have family that's not Christian, mm-hmm. and we should definitely prioritize our church family above our our non Christian family. And 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 I it's, that may sound harsh, but. It's, well, it doesn't I think harsh. That's, I think sounds cold hearted. I think it's scriptural. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think it's scriptural that, yeah. that you that you <laughs> coming from a pastor. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I th- yeah, I, I think that's very well defined, Jeff. Totally. Yeah, to think that you um, didn't have an opinion about it, I yeah, I have an opinion <laughs> the way about that it. you shared it seemed like a very defined opinion <laughs> and very thought through. So I'm impressed that you were able to formulate yeah, such a good – it was a very well-rounded opinion. It was because I hadn't separated spot. like the extended – in my mind, I wasn't thinking about the extended family. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah, go that either. far. But I think that was a good but definition. This that, is what that's, I mean. That's where I stand but... on it. I'm, the only reason that I said I don't have my opinions fully formulated is because like I haven't spent the time that I like to to fully think it through. That's right. All. You're you're a uh, you're a muller. And yeah. I'm talking about the, the – uh, the Mueller from the FBI, the what was it, the Mueller Robert case? Mueller. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you're a Mueller, as in you were a chewer, and you you like to heavily digest things yeah. before you give out. Put it on the airwaves. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's good. No, and and this is what I'm talking about with the quote difficulties of church life mm-hmm. is trying to juggle these things, mm-hmm. you know, and and knowing how to handle them. This is what we were discussing. This uh, is what I was discussing with Crybaby yeah. Face, Kyle. It's not Crybaby Face. Oh, it's just Crybaby Kyle. It's just Crybaby Kyle. No, Sorry. it's not even Crybaby. It's Crying Baby Kyle. Oh. Crying Baby Kyle. The story, Maybe you should define what I'll this define is why this, what this story comes <laughs> Form from. Form an opinion on that. <laughs> there was... Uh, and then tell us what it this is. is. This is my wife's family's term. This is my wife's sister uh, coined this term because um, to them... Especially now that their cousin is dating Kyle Hostetler, uh, to them there is uh, Jeff's brother Kyle, there is crying baby Kyle, and the cow has been had Kyle. There are three Kyles that they regularly interact with. Well, so crying baby I, well, Kyle. Wait, wait, wait. I feel like this could be saved for like a next so second. Like this could this be. This is a good tease. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Come back next week we'll, to find we'll, out. We'll talk about how it next week. Who these Kyles Luis's are. family came up with the three kinds of Kyle. And which the kind three, are you? The three. <laughs> which kind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh. Um, yeah, I was more so. Yes, 
This Jeff. Well, while we're talking, we should eat this edible. Yeah. Just. So. It's hard for me to eat and and talk at the same time. Well, but I'll, I'll try. You, you, I'll, you I'll, can take turns. I'll do it for the fans. You could have been eating while Jeff was talking. I, I feel true. like this edible is <sighs> kind of nasty different enough. Different enough that that it does need its own. Uh, it needs to be talked episode? about. It needs to be talked about. It okay. needs to be talked right. about while it's being eaten. Okay. All right. Well, well then let's let's take a pause and talk and, and, and okay, eat it. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. And then Leighton will share his opinion. Ruben. Uh, so this. Okay. So I have a neighbor uh, that is a very um, artsy kind of person, and he used to be a chef at a restaurant. He eats primarily vegetarian, um, although he does eat some fish, so he's not strictly vegetarian. So a lot of the food that he makes is vegetarian. He's living at home uh, with his mom right now because he has a broken leg. He is, I'm going to say he's like 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. Uh, I forget he's anyways, that's not really important, but he is, he is an older person and, um, he likes making these foods that he hears about in, um, all these food magazines and food podcasts. So, uh, this is his rendition of collard greens, um, which is like a traditional dish in the U S but this is a little bit, I think maybe different than what traditional collard greens would be like when I first looked at it. Uh, it reminds me of that stuff that we ate that's the the grape leaves soaked in olive oil <laughs> and wrapped around rice. Oh, yes. And that stuff is nasty. Yeah. yeah that, that is exactly what it looks like. It's and exactly that's what, what I it looks like. thought it was. And I, like, when I looked at it, I was kind of turned off. But you know what? I said, I'll try it. And I will say I was pleasantly surprised. Is it colored really? greens or collared? Collared. Like, like a collar around your Like your, a collar your around shirt, your, yeah. your neck. Yeah. So like anyways. if you're colorblind. Okay. So go ahead and, and take a take a helping of it. And so this and is not this is made by your neighbor. You didn't yes. make this right. yourself. And he he gives us things to try sometimes. They're usually um they're this kind of vibe of food, uh, but they're very. This looks kind of foreign. It looks like it yes, would be. Yes, it's um it's Ethiopian or okay. no? This isn't Ethiopian. The other food he gave us was Ethiopian. It has a, a pleasant a pleasant aroma. Mm-hmm. It smells like it should be tea. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. It looks like it should be slimy, but it doesn't. It doesn't taste slimy. It's almost more crunchy. Yeah. It's um, it's a pleasant texture. Yeah. And so this is why I say I was pleasantly surprised. Hmm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His foods have lots of flavor. This is one of those d- types of dishes. It almost tastes like it has cinnamon. Mm. But um, definitely has a tingle. It may have. It may have a little bit of ginger in it. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely, definitely sense that a little bit. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is something that I would actually eat, unlike the other things that looked exactly what's, like what's this. What's this called? This is collard greens. Collard greens. You know what we should do. I know this. Is, do we post the episode on Facebook every, every time? Yeah. What if we would post a picture if we have an edible? Well, I just posted this picture on Instagram. Well so done, Ruben. If you want to see it, go to Instagram. No, it's good. All right. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if I would want it as a replacement for steamed broccoli, or another traditional side that I really like, like baked beans. I, right. would, I would definitely pick those. What about macaroni? I'm not a huge macaroni fan, so I, I would pick this over macaroni. I wouldn't. But I'm actually surprised to hear that. No, I, I think it's really good. Um, I would pick it over raw broccoli or cauliflower. I would pick it over raw broccoli. <clears throat> I would yeah. definitely pick it over celery. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I, celery is like... Uh, you know what? Let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So I feel like you've got a longer opinion, so I'll just briefly share it's not, mine. It's, it might be a quarter of what Jeff's opinion is. <laughs> well, all I was going to say is that, yeah, I do. even as a pastor who is um, put um, in charge to shepherd the church. Or I as say, an elder. Well, I don't oh. know if there's quite as much uh, clarity or around. Or, or, uh, clout? Well, definitely not clout. Oh, yeah. That's okay. not the word I was looking for. <laughs> but no, I, I, do, I agree. Actually, I pretty much... Agree with everything you said, Jeff. That I still think even then, the responsibility is first your family, and you said dependence. I think that's a real key word because at some point, 
your grandparents might be dependent on you, like they're in your care. And there's mm-hmm. scripture that talks about taking care of uh, of your family. Yeah, and like, if you don't, you're worse than an unbeliever. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think dependence <laughs> dependence can actually extend beyond family because true. I mean, if you're if you're a, a doctor or a nurse and and your patient needs you. Like mm-hmm. to me, I, I think that's really important. I mean, and Jesus talks about pulling your ox out of the ditch. That's something that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And so, dependent is a really good word. Yeah, and I definitely think there is a temptation, not just for pastors, but for everyone to, to neglect their families. Absolutely, I, I I totally agree. I I especially I've been thinking about this <clears throat> with having had Leo mm-hmm. and thinking about like wanting to make sure that he does not get put in second priority mm-hmm. to church things like i i want him to f- to not like resent me having church responsibilities and i mean in timothy it does talk about a, a man who cannot manage his own household if a man cannot manage his own household, how is he supposed to lead a church? Right. So maybe I'm taking this too far. But if that's the case and and you have a child who is dependent on you, still definitely within the age of you are raising that child. Yeah. And say they, they start having some really deep issues, some like deep hurts. I mean, it's just very obvious. I think – and the, but this should not be done lightly at all or flippantly. Mm-hmm. It should be very much thought through. But I think it would be appropriate if the pastor, if if a pastor has a struggling youth, his own child, mm-hmm. to say to to request of the church to give me a break of my responsibilities for whatever length of time, mm-hmm. you know. He is committed to the church. So it's not like an indefinite, like, hey, I just want to break from my responsibilities. That's why I say not flippantly at all. Mm-hmm. But request relief from re- maybe just certain responsibilities to free up time so that I can pursue my son or daughter. Mm-hmm. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in fact, I think if if I were a lay member – at that church, it would give me actually more faith in that person mm-hmm. to lead well. Because it's like, if he's willing to drop everything to pursue his son or his daughter, imagine how much he's willing to pursue me if I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, is would that how you guys would feel about it? Or would it feel yeah. like, oh, man, we're just kind of like, if you were a laity at that person's church, yeah, were, would you... Does the Be passage, like, oh, man? Does the passage in Timothy speak about that for specifically for all pastors or mainly for bishops? That's I guess that's a question I had. But like well, I now do you're know... <laughs> what? now we're getting into the thing of like, do you think there's like a couple? Is there a bishop and a pastor and an elder? Like, well, the where, different different where, tiers. Well, is there a difference between those things? Well, there are different words used. I there mean, are different words used in the Bible. For, for church, for church regardless leadership. of that, I, I okay. do know that that. But I don't know how different. Are... I don't know how different the responsibilities <clears throat> are implied. Right. right. Yeah. This is a good discussion. Mm, I, I know there have been situations in the past <laughs> where uh, there have been church splits over somebody who who was raising you know their their child was a teenager and and uh, got into things that got into bad things and the bishop was asked to step down until he can deal with with his child mm. um and and he refused to do so wow and so there was actually a church split based on that um because some people thought that he should still remain bishop and like he was kind of at the point of no return with his child and other people thought that 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 disqualified him like his his child's current status mm-hmm. disqualified him from being a bishop. Hmm. So <clears throat> there's no cut and dry. Yeah. It has to be taken case by case. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that 
we all agree that whatever your position, even if you are called to the church, you are never called to neglect your family. Yeah. Right. And and we we ought to pursue our families with our utmost. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's another question then. Ooh, back to, back to what you were talking about. Well-rounded opinion, uh, Jeff. Is it? <laughs> I haven't thought about it yet, but uh, I've got an opinion he's, brewing. He's changing from convoluted Jeff to well-rounded opinion, Jeff. <laughs> so you, I think you touched on this before, but uh-huh. if somebody doesn't have children, how do you rate their ability to raise children well? We actually talked about this a little bit, Jeff, right? Wait, behind my back? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, not about you. Oh. But about our ordination at our church. Yeah. Because so many of the people don't have children. Right. And we we briefly, we didn't talk about it much, but we we briefly, like, talked. I think we just said that it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, kind of, because that would have narrowed it down right to two people. I mean, clearly, that was not, yeah, it wasn't a deciding factor, but we did talk about Mm -hmm. how do you... Uh, qualify this this requirement. Let's just call it a requirement. Even though yeah. obviously, if you don't have kids, uh, it doesn't apply. Like yeah. I forget what we where we came. Well, from. I mean, well, we didn't even we just discussed it. We just we just talked about it. We didn't really come to we didn't really come to anything. Paul didn't have any kids, did he? He called Timothy his son, but I think that was spiritual. He know? was likely married. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Well, Rob, opinion, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <sighs> Well, anti-convoluted. So he was a member of the Sanhedrin, and one of the requirements of being a member of that group was that you were married. Okay. Hmm. So likely married, and then his his wife died or something. Wow. Hmm. That is interesting. So what you you or who brought up the question just right now about Jeff did? What if you don't have children? Oh, if you don't have children, (coughs) I think. The way it also it also describes. I'm not sure in which passage this is, so I invite you guys to critique me. But it it does also describe a church leader to also be the husband of one wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that they need to be married? Mm-hmm. When I was in Bible school, the the way that um, our professor Elijah described it is that that's actually an adjective, a a one husband kind of man. Ah, okay. A sorry, a one wife, wife. kind of husband. Okay, right. Kind of being like if you were married, he would be faithful to her, mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't he he's not a fluce. Yeah. Um. And I think that's kind of the way that we could think about a, a man who manages his household well. He's the kind of man that would manage his household well right? if he had a family. Yeah. Well, even if you don't have children, you still interact with people. Yes. You do, and people and, can see what kind of parent you would be more or less. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely – no, it's definitely not a requirement to have kids or to be married. At all. It is not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. But I think it gives you – if they are married, if they do have kids, it gives you a big insight mm-hmm. into, into, into into what they, kind yeah. of oh, yeah. person they are. And it's, it's helpful in discerning. Yes. Yeah. It's not absolutely necessary, but it's helpful. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I also when, when we ordained Lloyd as our head pastor, like I felt very comfortable with him, um, regardless, just because of his stability. He he's he, he's had a family. Uh-huh. He's raised kids. His kids are both Christians, so I, like that, you know, makes a big difference too. Mm-hmm. But like in the stage that he is now, he has been in all walks of life that every one of us has. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been. Single, he's been married without kids, he's been married with kids, he's been married and has kids out of the house. And so, like, he can, he has those insights that he's gained from all the years of his experience. Whereas somebody... well-rounded experiences. Yeah. Whereas somebody like Ruben uh, has He's had very little experience. He's had lots of experience being single. 
Oh, and, tons. And also, so, like, probably more experience than what he wanted. <laughs> True. <laughs> and you have experience being married too, but that's it. Yeah. And so when when you, if you were made a leader and like the head leader of the church, I wouldn't doubt your leadership skills, but I think that um, some members of the church, like Justin, maybe would feel would f- maybe in some cases feel left out because you didn't have the insight that was needed to address a concern that he had about raising a family mm-hmm. that you might not even have because you don't have a family. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it just, it brings up all those questions yeah. that you never had before. Yeah. The yeah. same as, at least for me, when, when I got married, like I never realized how big of a deal it was to my wife that I would be a good father. And like, that's just something that I never thought about mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Like, how can I be a good father or what does it take to be a good father? When I was single, I was just saying, what does it take to be a husband? Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, man. <clears throat> and, and uh, Jeff, you're totally right that that's one of the advantages of having an elder as an elder. <laughs> See that? See what <laughs> yeah. I did? Uh-huh. An older person who has had lots of experience, lots of life experience, being in your church leadership. Yes. Because they they have a lot of insight, and they just, Mm -hmm. they've been around. And, you know, I think that's not to say that, man, you should never put a young person in leadership. Yeah. But I think that there needs to be an extra amount of, of just... I don't know, uh, an extra amount of grace given maybe or or mm-hmm. like I, I, I know that for me because I – not just because I'm so young, but the pastors at my church, they have slowly given me responsibilities. They didn't just Pile drop on, it yeah. all at once. And I think there's a couple of advantages to that. Mm-hmm. Like number one, it helps me to kind of get a feel for what all is going on. It's not near as much pressure. Um, it also, because it's slow, it also gives the church a better chance mm-hmm. to observe me yeah. in those couple of roles that I do have. Right, right. And I think that's just good. It's kind of like proceed with caution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Proceed with caution the younger they are maybe. Which And you should also proceed with caution yeah. whenever putting anyone in church leadership. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I, I went to a church where the pastor of the church, I, I visited a church out in, in Seattle, the pastor of the church was 24, okay. maybe, so younger than me by maybe two years, and like, it was really cool to see his um, his his vision and his vigor and excitement, and, yes. and he definitely had an extra dose of that because of how young he was. Yes. But also, it's just kind of like, well... How are how is somebody that's that's twice your age going to approach you leading them? Yeah, and 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 like, not to say he couldn't do it. Yeah, but it just brought that question came to mind. Like, mm-hmm. like you don't know what it's like to be where they're at, and so you're going to lead what you feel is really important. Um, and 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 that's that's driven by your peers. Yeah. True, and I, I do agree with you, but Paul also told Timothy, like, don't let anyone despise your youth. And even mm. then, I think the Holy Spirit can absolutely, can, absolutely. can work there in, in both the older person or people and the younger church pastor yeah. where he can uh, – I agree with what you're saying, but I also think that it, it can work. I mean, if God put him there, absolutely. then he's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. But it definitely requires the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like yeah. – both on the part of the the older person that is seeking advice, mm-hmm. it takes the Holy Spirit to humble that man yeah. to go to this young twenty four year old uh, to 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 take advice from him, and it takes the Holy Spirit to give the young pastor wisdom to be able yes to actually yeah. share advice and and wisdom and discernment mm-hmm. to this older guy. I think we forget sometimes how much God works behind the scenes through the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, like, we, we give so much credit to, and we're just, we've been doing that now, but give so much credit to personal experience and and don't give credit to grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. All right. Well, about Anyhow. 33 minutes ago, I was going to say that we got to wrap this thing up. Are you serious? But now, oh, now it really is time to wrap this thing up. <laughs> oh, my. So, Leighton, what's the point? Oh, man. Uh, the point is that uh, – hold on. I need to pull up my points. If you're, if you're going to mispronounce a word, do it confidently. Point number one. Point number two, call before you donate COVID. Uh, point number three, uh, man, I, I want to have some kind of point for our whole church discussion. Uh, get your priorities right. Family yeah. lives matter. Family lives matter. Family life does matter. Church life does matter as well. Um, yeah. Let's not make an abbreviation for uh, or acronym for that one. Okay. Um, what's our word of the week? Word of the week is <clears throat> Should we give you some help? Yeah. I can't, I can't. Um I mean you could go oh, with convoluted well rounded. Convoluted would be a good one. Convoluted would be good. Yeah. Convoluted. Convoluted it is. <laughs>